Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we're going to be talking about social media process and planning. We are. Sounds rock and roll, right? Um, So the key thing behind this is that social media can be massively, massively time-consuming. And <laughs> in reality, you're creating content, you're going out to different channels, you're doing outreach, you're, yeah, and it's all very manual. And actually, if you're not careful, you can spend a phenomenal amount of time on this. And normally what happens is it becomes a bit ad hoc. So we start doing our day-by-day roles, and then, oh, I haven't done anything on Instagram, I need to do that. Oh, I haven't tweeted in a week, oh, just go and do that. And quick, do it quick, and we don't really think about it. And unless you have a really good process behind all this... It slips. And the one thing I'd say is that what's really happened is that because everyone's doing social media, everyone's doing content, there's a bit of a hygiene factor to this and that you kind of have to be doing it. You want to get your stuff out there and you want to, you want to be kind of seen. And you want to maximize the impact that you're having with what you are doing. Because otherwise you can be absolutely busy constantly getting stuff out there and not really getting any traction. Um, just because the, the lack of actual social engagement you're going to get with a lot of channels as well. So it's really about maximizing your bang per buck and really minimizing the amount of time you have to spend on the process-orientated stuff. So the way I would describe it is a hub-and-spoke approach. And hub-and-spoke basically says at the center, there are some central tools, rules, and working processes. And there are a number of people within the organization doing different bits of this. But it's all kind of task and process managed from that point of view. So the key things that you need at the centre, and I should say as well, by the way, this even counts for small organisations. So for massive organisations, you definitely, definitely need this. But even if you've got kind of five people, you you need to think about this. Mm. Because otherwise what happens, if everything's going through one person, that person will get so bogged down, it'll be incredible. But not only that, in the, the more successful you come, the more of a problem it becomes because there's more and more just to respond to all the time as well. Yeah. So where you start, is with there's two kind of core things i'd say one is a content calendar now we've got the content calendar you can download on the website we'll put into the show notes again um and we've even got a podcast that explains how to use it but the idea of the content calendar is not just to plan what you're publishing and when but to maximize your channel usage so you talk about what the content will be but then you've done your keyword research as well so that you have identified how are you going to optimize this blog post or podcast or video, whatever it is as well? You have thought about email marketing. You've thought about uh, social channels. You've thought about outreach and, and all those sorts of different things as well. We've, we've got an updated version of the content calendar that you can download to, to take a look at that. Auto populates the dates and does some other mm, nice kind of things as well. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So well done, Kieran. So <laughs> we've got that. He said very clever. He's just done it himself. Um, so yeah, very pleased with himself. So anyway, you've got the content calendar. That's one of the things. Then you need a social media policy. Now, the average social media policy says, don't do this, don't do this. If you do this, you're going to be in trouble. But what we really want is a policy that says, don't do this, but you should do this. And here are five great examples of doing it. And here are three most popular tweets. And this is the right tone of voice. Here's an example of good tone. Here's an example of bad tone. And it should be a working document that people find useful enough that they refer back to it all the time as well. So you've got your content calendar. You've got your social media policy. Uh, You then want to have things like outreach templates and outreach lists. So you should have pre-identified who are your advocates, those people that say nice stuff about you. And you probably want to signpost content to them before other people. So we've got a podcast coming out next week, but it's live on the website now, so you can get it before anyone else if you want to. Uh, Or here's a snippet or something else like that as well. And actually giving people assets is quite important. But for advocates, just just signpost stuff for them. 
and, and make it clear to them. Now, influencers and kind of bloggers, those kind of people, you want to give them a reason to talk about your stuff. And if you can give them something exclusive, that gives you an opportunity. So again, uh, it might be that you've got a quote that you can give them a graphic with a quote in it, or you can give them some insights into a report before anyone else gets it and so on as well. You might interview them for your podcast or your kind of blog, whatever it may be. But what you want is a pre-identified list of advocates and influencers. Then what you want is a template, maybe an email template, and you are ready just to go, here's our new blog post, thought you'd like to have it, and just send it out to those people. So you're kind of pre-prepared to do that. That's part of the process. Um, what you also want to look at is having some sort of graphical templates to work with. So uh, a great one to use is canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. And it's an online graphics editing package, but you can create your own templates in it. And if you build your own templates and say, for example, you use certain stock photography you've licensed, you can pre-upload that stock photography. And what it means is that anyone on the team can go through, log in to Canva, and they can use the templates. They're going to stay on brand, but they can use the stock photography, and they can modify things and change them if they want to, but they're going to be within the brand, and they're only going to use licensed images. They're not accidentally going to grab an image that they, they shouldn't be using. Canva, incidentally, has lots of templates you can get for free. There's also some paid-for ones. And the way it works is that you either pay a dollar to use it once, or you pay $10 for a multiple usage license. So if you haven't had a look at it, go and set up a free account. It's, a, it's an absolutely brilliant tool. It's a little tip that I picked up on uh, the Canva template. Some elements of a a template cost mm. and other bits don't and actually if you if you're on a tight budget you can just remove those those elements so there might be a really interesting tick around a particular call to action and it, it's the tick that's going to cost you but actually be fine with just a little little oval or a square around it, it would still look great so actually you can you can cheat a little bit and, and remove those paid for elements if you're on a tight budget yeah and there's loads of really good free ones in there mm. as well so it's definitely mm. worth taking a look at um, now, the other thing you want is some sort of task management, process management kind of thing. And that is where I can say, right, well, you do this. Then when that's done, pass it on to this person. Then when that person's created the image, they're going to post it. And then someone's going to sign it off. But you don't want that being done manually because stuff gets forgotten. So something like Asana, uh, A-S-A-N-A, will allow you to go through and task manage across your different teams, put things into different lists and so on. And we use it as well. When I say we, everyone else team uses it and then I kind of ignore it and then get in trouble all the time for not really using it. I think I've got a list as long as my arm in there at the moment as well. So um, so Kieran re-records audio for me and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, he'll do a script for me. And I go, I'll re-record that and then I do and I don't do anything with it. So <laughs> if I were actually using Asana properly, uh, that would not be a problem. And at least you'll know when I've finished it as well. So... To the extent I'm taking two days off next week just to catch up with my Asana list. So it's a great way of processing, managing things and seeing why has that not been done? Oh, that's because this person sitting on it hasn't approved it yet or whatever else it may be. So you can kind of get a viewpoint on things. But you do need a culture of using it. Um, And it's always good if leadership set an example. So I shouldn't really pull my finger up. (laughs) There's lots of systems out there. Basecamp and all sorts of things. Basecamp's very good. Reich. That's W-R-I-K-E. I okay. particularly love that. Actually, of all of them, Asana's my favourite to, yeah. to date, I have to say. It's it's lovely. I'd, um, they messaged me whilst I was using it saying, is there anything we can do to improve? I sat and thought about it and actually, no, I don't think there is. It's right. really, really good. And we're only using the, the free version yeah, of it Yeah, yeah. There's well. only not... limited number of people on the teams yeah. that are using it and it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, check it so out. definitely take a look at that. Um, and then the other thing you need at the centre of your hub is a social CRM. What social CRM? Social CRM, social customer relationships management, could just be something like Hootsuite. 
Yeah. Uh, it could be socialreport.com. Yeah. All the way up to if you're doing kind of customer service at scale, something like Conversocial. Yeah. Um, Conversocial is lovely. Yeah. And I mean, it, very good if you're dealing with lots of different customer customer threads. And, and they've really done some hard work on, on uh, live chat as well. Yeah, and, and and even things like Hootsuite now as well. I mean, it's a actually a lot of us use the basic version. There's quite advanced versions out there as well, and allows you to send tasks to different people and, and all those sorts of things as well. So good for managing your kind of workflow with this as well. Um, the other and kind of final thing you need at the centre of your hub and your hub and spoke approach this is social media monitoring. Now that could be anything from a kind of fully blown thing like Brandwatch. Uh, big fan of Brandwatch, really, really good social media monitoring tool. Not, not the cheapest tool, but the thing with these social media monitoring tools is you kind of you pay for what you get to some extent. Mm-hmm. So they're monitoring all these huge amounts of channels and working out where your brand's being mentioned, what's going on in the industry. Someone needs to be looking at that and kind of doing something with the data all the way through to where you could use a free version of Hootsuite and you could just add a column and it's a search column and I can search for my brand name in Twitter and it'll just show me all the tweets. Now, that's not going to work if you are a, a massive corporate, but if you're a small business, just using a column in, in Hootsuite will do the trick. You need some sort of monitoring, though, just to see what's being said, how much is being said. But actually... Uh, some of the tools like Social Report will will see the level of response you're getting in there anyway to mm. these kind of things. Mm. We did an episode on this a um, few episodes back, so so check that out. There's yeah. some some really affordable um, and, and very robust tools in there from you know one man bands right up to to big international corporations. Exactly. There's something for everyone. So you need these things at the centre of your kind of hub to manage the process and. What we'll do is we'll try and update our content calendar on a kind of monthly basis. So we have it kind of fiddled out at least three months ahead. And then we'll try and get together once a month and we'll just say, right, what fits in there? What's changing and so on. So I'm going to chip in here Mm. with um, an idea for for all of you, really. I think one of the interesting things about social media is measuring return on investment. Mm. It's a real challenge with it in a lot of cases. But there are some steps that you can take to, to really supercharge that. So really... I suppose this this probably wouldn't relate to small organisations because what I'm going to suggest is quite a lot of work. Um, but if you're a large organisation, you know, getting a good measure of, of what that social media activity is actually achieving is really, really important. And it, it's sim- simply the case of making sure your analytics is tied up well with all of your social media activities. So regardless of what the, the, the channel is, what's generating traffic to your website and conversions, right? So you have to have your goals uh, and stuff set up and you have to have your analytics set up uh, and, and tell it you know, which channels you're active in. But I'd go one step further than that. And for every single social media post uh, I put out, I, I would actually go to the trouble of generating a, a trackable link. Um, so, you know, you can you can target the particular link you push out on Twitter as coming from social media and the medium uh, so the, the medium's um, social media and the source is going to be Twitter uh, and the campaign that could be you know what specifically you were you were talking about or you can use the keyword um, uh, field w- within that analytics tracking but by tracking it at that sort of level it's lovely because actually you can roll everything up into social media as a as a you know an overall overarching um, way of, of dispersing your content, but then you can also drill down and break it down into Twitter or Facebook or or LinkedIn, you know whatever channels you're you're active in, and see what kind of click levels you've had from 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 those channels. And it, yes, I know analytics will do this by default in a lot of cases, but it gets a little bit messy when other people have shared it and it gets reshared and and clicked through. But actually, if you've got that trackable link in there, it's always going to it's it's always going to kind of come from the original source. It's I think it's I think it's better. Yeah. Well. Okay. So to to do that, 
if you just search URL builder, the URL builder will allow you just to fill in a quick form and that allows you to, to, to do this. You can do it manually as well, but the URL builder gives a nice little feel to do that. Incidentally, in Hootsuite, when you're writing a link, there is a little cog next to it and uh, it gives you kind of some advanced settings. There is a drop down and you can automatically add the Google Analytics tracking code to anything that you're posting out for your Hootsuite and you can quite easily, quickly update and change that as well. Now, when you're working in a team, it's really important you are consistent with this because Completely. Google Analytics, if you add a value that starts with an uppercase letter and someone else adds it starting with a lowercase, it'll track those two separate things and it makes a real mess of things. And the other thing I can tell you is once a tracking code is in Google Analytics, it reports on it there forever and a day. So, you know, it's really important you keep this consistent and, and agree. I, I always insist that they're always lowercase, like never any uppercase letters in, in the tracking codes. Um, there, there are There is actually a very good Google spreadsheets Yeah, I was going to say where you can put drop-downs Where you it. can put drop-downs and keep it consistent. We'll put it into the show notes Yeah, as well. I've set that up for a number of social media teams and it really, really helps. And it actually is quite nice to see all the different campaigns that they've been running. But it's a great way of keeping, you know, those values that you're using consistent so that when you come to your marketing dashboard and, and look to report, you really can drill down into the detail or, or look at it very top, top line. It's really very useful. It surprised me as well, actually, that in Google Analytics, for example, you see how much traffic's from Twitter, how much traffic's from Facebook and so on. How much of that social was actually missed without putting tracking code in place? Yeah, it does. It, it, I think a lot of it gets reshared or In different places. In different places or people open up different tabs or they open up different instances and it, it spreads it around. But that, you know, I like tracking codes in analytics because it's it, it's... Well, I always use the analogy when I'm explaining this to people. It's like, you know, every link to your website is like a door into the building, right? So if you think of your website as a, as a building, as a destination people are getting to, every link is a, is a door. And what the Google Analytics tracking code does is it effectively enables you to line up three or four uh, trays of paint. Yeah, so when people visit your, your house, they tread in those different different paint pots and you get a lovely little trail so you know where they came how they came into the I building. Know people leaving paint footprints through my it's house it's an analogy wow. not, not physical paint actually exchanges <laughs> places or gets on gets on foot maybe it does maybe that's a new maybe that's a new google feature they'll be releasing soon i think or maybe not, not. yes <laughs> but that's that's the analogy and and you know knowing that somebody came through social that's one tray of paint knowing which social channel whether it was twitter that's that's another one and knowing which particular post you know if I've, I've used one of the other one of the other values one of the things i would say a lot of people don't realize is that utm tracking codes have to have at least three values in them you can't just put you know social or, or, or whatever it makes a bit of a mess of things so do make sure you're using the the, the the core three and remember you can put these through url shorteners as well they still work so um, if you want to tidy things up it looks a bit of a mess you could use a url shortener if you wanted to do that as well so that will keep things nice so hub and spoke uh, at the center, you've got your processes and your tools, and then people throughout the organization are enabled to create social media and manage and, and kind of put stuff out there as long as they adhere to the social media policy. And in a lot of risk-adverse organizations, what they'll do is they'll make people go, right, how are you going to approach social media? What are your objectives? What's your risk mitigation? All those kind of things. Right, you can now roll with social media. You can get on with it as long as you adhere to the social media policy. So you don't need to come back for sign-off of everything, but as long as it's within that policy, then that's fine. And that, that's a nice way of working, right? It creates a lot of, lot of trust. It makes it a bit more fun. Bit, you can be a bit more creative with it. It also minimises your opportunity of doing stupid stuff 
as well. I mean, you know, if there are brand templates to work with, if there is a tool that makes sure you're logged into the right account, all those kind of things, mm. it minimizes the margin for error and therefore just makes everything a little bit safer for everyone. As part of your social media policy, you have a social media monitoring guide how often are we going to check it and an escalation policy what do we do when something goes wrong who's responsible for that all that kind of stuff needs to be to be laid out as well um, there's a great little website that again we'll put into the, the show notes which is called social media governance social media mm-hmm. governance has got loads of other people's social media policies so you can see what other people are doing but bear in mind they might not be good there's a lot in there that I've read that, that say what you shouldn't do, but they're not really saying what you should be doing. So I think a lot of them miss that as well. It's a great starting point though, right? That's exactly it. Mm. So just one last quick quick plug while we're here. Uh, we are running a social selling course. So if you're actually involved in trying to build business and doing the kind of sales side of things, huge opportunity of using LinkedIn and other social channels to do that. And we're finding it a kind of ever popular course at the moment. So again, go through targetinternet.com and you will find all the details of the course there. We'll put it in the the show notes. Uh, We've got a few dates coming up with that and it normally runs over one or two days. So depending on how much time you've got, you can come along on that. So if you want to go through that with me one-on-one, then uh, book up on the social selling course. So good luck with all your social media efforts and we'll speak to you again on the Digital Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast brought to you by Target Internet. If you're investing in your digital marketing skills, take a look at our free benchmark skills test and look at the wealth of online learning we provide to help marketers get up to speed and stay up to date. Just visit targetinternet.com forward slash benchmark.